With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Psychic Teachers. I'm your host, Jeff Bowen. And I'm Samantha Fay. And she is, folks. And we are so happy that you are with us uh, for one of our most popular shows every month. And this is our question and answer show where we get to as many of your questions as we possibly can. So we are just uh, delighted and honored to have you with us. Before we get into all of that, however, Samantha has a crystal of the week for you, and I have an animal of the week for you. So, Samantha, you want to start with the crystal, please? I would love to. So this week, as we greet you uh, right smack in the middle of Mercury retrograde, I thought that I would talk about hematite, which is a lovely grounding and protective stone for sometimes the chaotic, jarring energies that come with uh, Mercury retrograde. Uh, I've had a couple of email glitches myself um, that I can't even explain to you. Like, for example, Deb, I, I was emailing a client back who sent me an email reading, and I hit send, and I don't know what happened, but it sent it to her 25 times. Good golly. I well, know, and you, that poor thing and is going to open up her. Go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, bless her heart. And and you and I have had a heck of a time getting our notes together, uh, sending emails back and forth, just to get the show ready to go. So who just knows? for this. I know, so crazy. So anyway, so I thought I would discuss hematite because it has that lovely grounding, protected energy. I'm going to be taking my notes from Cassandra Eason and Judy Hall's books that I usually look to for this show. Um, Cassandra Eason talks about the history and mythology of hematite. She says that it was traditionally used for magic mirrors, which we know as scrying. Uh, she says hematite supposedly has the power to reflect back negativity to its sender. Hematite was also considered powerful for divination purposes. In ancient Egypt, it was used magically in protective amulets. It was used as the ceremonial pillow to magically uplift the head of the deceased. The ancient Egyptians also used hematite for healing diseases of the blood. Roman soldiers rubbed the red powder that came from the stone on their bodies to make them invulnerable. Some hematite has a reddish streak, which in rough cut pieces leaves a mark when rubbed against a harder stone. This led to the myth that the stone bled. Hematite is one of the most powerful stones for self-healing, and if held over a painful place uh, or the solar plexus chakra, it will draw out pain, illness, and muscle weakness and calm racing blood pressure or pulses, according to Cassandra Eason. As a stone of balance, it helps us to feel more emotionally at home. 
It's sometimes known as the lawyer stone and will help with legal wrangles or matters of injustice and is especially good for neighborhood or boundary disputes. It also helps to banish irrational fears and helps you to avoid becoming overly emotional when you are involved with the problems of others. Hematite also is said to help with us assist with fears of flying and reduces jet lag. Um, hematite is incredibly grounding and protective, and it helps to bring the body, the bot, mind, body, and spirit into alignment. It works to dissolve negativity within, but what I love about it, too, is that it prevents negative energies from entering the aura. So, for example, if you wear a hematite or carry a hematite, it helps put up a thou shalt not enter boundary in your aura if you're going to be dealing with negative or energy vampire type people. It helps to restore peace and harmony to the body. Um, it's very supportive to timid women. It helps to boost self-esteem. It enhances willpower and reliability. It instills confidence. It helps overcome compulsions and addictions. It helps to treat overeating, smoking, or any form of overindulgence. And it works to help you in meditation come to terms with mistakes you may have made and accept them as learning experiences rather than shameful disasters. So as I've said before in this show, I recommend wearing a hematite bracelet on your left wrist since that's kind of where we receive energy. And so um, it's good if, if you're trying to put up that boundary to wear it on your left. If you want to send out a message that's kind of like, go away, you can wear it on your right wrist um, because that's what we that's where we disseminate our energy from. But hematite is a very inexpensive stone. It's very easily easily found and it's incredibly powerful. It does a lot of good. It does. You know, you can even buy uh, magnetized hematite at the dollar store. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's really inexpensive and, and it's a great stone to have in your um, medicine bag, as I would say. So, yeah, absolutely. Great. Thank you for that. Sure. Well, so, Who's our animal? Well, our animal is one that somebody has sent me an email and asked me to cover, and so I do. Uh, I'm doing it today. And it's octopus. And, you know, um, I did a lot of meditating on octopus, and then I did a lot of research. I think octopi are really cool animals, Um but, you know, I'm a beach girl, so I think that, that just their uh, their whole being is fascinating. If I've ever watched them swim, they're just amazing. And one of the things that an octopus will teach us is how to be flexible, uh, um, to lighten up, to relax, to remember that we have free will. Because an octopus, if you've ever watched one uh, swim, can jet off in all sorts of different directions that you might not have expected them to be able to do. They're very strategic animals. They're very intelligent. They're unpredictable. And they are perfect for people who consider themselves empaths. Because what an octopus will teach us is that we don't have to be... um, connected to people that we don't feel like we need to be connected to. We can we can move off on our own. Um, we can be um, spontaneous. And an octopus, if you cut off one of its arms or legs, however you see those, are technically sort of arms, uh, will regenerate. Uh, so there's this whole notion of that 
whatever has happened to you in your life, um, there is the possibility of healing. So octopi teach us that gift as well. So they're amazing animals. So there you go. Very cool. I know it. How about that? All right, are you um, ready to tackle our questions? I I really am, but just before we do, I just have to say um, that this eclipse was one of the most amazing things I've ever experienced in my whole life. I was with a lovely group of people out on the beach. We had real uh, legitimate glasses from the Museum of Natural Sciences, and so that I felt pretty safe about that. And I was just even as mesmerized as I was by what was happening in the sky, I was also mesmerized by what was happening around me. And although we didn't get the full total eclipse, we were, what, 96%, I think, covered, and everything stopped. The ocean even got calmer. The light, the quality of the light changed. The seagull stopped flying. Everything around me was, was absolutely breathtakingly quiet for just a few minutes. It was as if the whole world stopped and looked up and took a deep breath together. And I just I just am very grateful for having experienced this eclipse this past week. Me too. And I'm I was grateful for the um like universal way it was experienced too. Do you know what I mean? Like it was fun to like in in the boom the girls and I just did like a little picnic outside and when we were getting everything ready we had the news on and it was so cool watching it go through the different states. Uh-huh. And we fell in love with this one reporter because she like started to clap and cry and she was like, I know I'm a grown up, but this is the coolest thing that's happened to me since Christmas. <laughs> I love it. It was so neat. But I wanted to ask you about something weird that happened to us. What was that? See, as you all know, like I can't kill bugs, right? Nope. And Don't so um, I actually got bit by a wolf spider um, last week. You and did? I did. It was terrifying. I had two fang marks on my back, and I had to sit with ice packs. And anyway, I ended up, when I found the thing in my shirt, in the back of my shirt, and I shook her out, I did I did kill her. And, like, all these babies came off her back. And it just freaked me out. So, anyway, that was in the... Um, that was um, in my crawl space. My cat had gotten stuck underneath my house. And um, that's a long story that nobody needs to hear. But I found my cat. Everyone is safe. And I did suffer a bite. But I don't kill bugs. And my kids are always, they think I'm weird. They're like, Mom, what are you doing with the Dixie Cups? Don't get the Dixie Cups because if I find a bug, I get two Dixie Cups, put it between the Dixie Cups, and surrender it outside. Right. And every time we find a bug, my girls are like, this is why we have bugs. Call the exterminator. And we don't have a ton of bugs, I promise. It's like moths that I catch or like a spider or a fly that gets in on the summer day. So anyway, I lay out this huge blanket in our yard and we've got our glasses and, you know, we've got our camera to take a video of it and we've got all this stuff. And we go inside to get some food and we come My giant blanket is covered in spiders. Covered. I'm not kidding, Deb. Like, I'm talking, we counted 15 to 18 by some accounts. Wow. What the heck does that mean? So we just shook it all out. My kids would not touch that blanket, and we had to move everything to the front yard. 
And, and please okay. tell people who are listening to this going, what's going on in your home? I'm incredibly clean, and I do have an exterminator come for, like, the scary bugs, like cockroaches and termites. Um, well, it, it's, it's spider season, you know. I mean, that's one of the things that happens is that it's spider season. And uh, you probably, that one wolf spider that you found in a very unfortunate way was probably one of thousands. Uh, that are in your backyard. Oh. Oh. But they okay. they don't, you know, they are not going to um, come in your house and hurt you. They're, they're just not going to do that. Um, remember spiders? Well, one already did. <laughs> no, but, but they, generally speaking, they don't. And they, um, they remember they teach us to write. They teach us to communicate. That's their metaphysical message. Um so, you know, they connect us to, they weave the web of life. Um, I, I, don't, I don't have that infestation that you're describing, but I do have a writing spider that has uh, taken up residence in, in, a, um, in a bush next door, uh, next to my front door, and I just name her Charlotte. I call all my spiders Charlotte, you know. Um, but if you're really frightened of them in your backyard, you know, you, the first thing you can try, and I know that our listeners are going to laugh at me. That's okay. I don't care. Ask them to leave. Just say, you know, guys, we're really scared. You're really freaking us out. Uh, would you all please consider leaving? Would you go someplace else? I know that there are woods near your house. You could suggest to them that they go into the woods away from you. Well, it's weird because the only time we've seen them was when we were getting ready for the eclipse. And I'm out in that backyard, you know, every three hours, basically letting the dogs out. And well, I just, I was just wondering. You're not wondering, out in the grass. You know, right, that's true. You know, that's I just wondered if it was something with the eclipse, because like all the animals got quiet right when it came, and I just thought, wonder if the spiders were like freaking out and moving on, or I don't know. It was weird. Maybe so. So just go out and try and ask them that, and then just try putting a blanket out and seeing if you get some more, or maybe if they just moved on. They might have moved on. Okay. Okay. All right. We okay. will stop boring you all with my spider problems and get on to the show. I apologize. <laughs> okay. You want to start and then I'll pick up on, a, on the second question? Sure. Okay. So our first question says, um, hi, I listen to your podcast and really enjoy them. I like how both of you discuss matters without acting as if everything is spiritual and black and white. I have a question regarding what to take from having a few bad readings from different people. None of the readings have come true, and I'm thinking that I'm keeping from having things open up for me, jobs and relationships. How can I keep myself from getting in the way? So I thought that was a really good question, one that needed to be addressed on the show, um, for, because I have two answers to that question. One is not all psychics are great, not all psychics are for you. Um, some psychics get stuff wrong. So a good a good chunk of why some of the things that they have said for you aren't coming true could be that. Now let's say she went, she didn't tell us, but let's say that she went to seven psychics and they all told her there were big job changes coming up. Then it's probably not the psychic's fault, right? It could be something that you are blocking. Do you see the difference? Like if every psychic you go to gives you different information, then you might be going to new beginning psychics who aren't super, you know, sure about passing on information or getting the messages correctly. 
uh, and processing them to you. But if you're going to several psychics and they're giving you basically the same information and it's not coming true, then it could be a blockage that you're having. And to me, anytime we have a blockage, it's from one thing, and that's fear of change. Do you want to jump in, Deb? I, I do have a couple of things to add to that. Um, I almost always tell people when I am reading for them that I'm not always right. Uh, I would be really leery of a psychic who tells you he or she is always right. Um, and another thing is that um, when I do a reading, I can only see what the universe allows me to see, usually for about six months out. So um, I may miss something. I may interpret something differently. It may be a matter of timing. Uh, When people say, oh, well, that didn't come true, well, how long did you give it? You know, so sometimes it may be coming through further down the way. Um, And and so maybe uh, the timing is funky. And then the third thing that I always remind folks of is that no matter what a psychic tells you, you have free will. You have choices. Uh, your um, The events in your life, like like your example, Samantha, of a job change, are, are changeable. You, you have that power and you have that control, not the psychic. I agree. And I think, too, that um, one of the things that Deb and I see with our clients is resistance. You know, Deb calls them our yeah, but clients. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. Yeah, you tell them, well, if you want this to change, you've got to, yeah, but I can't because blah, blah, blah. Well, if you want this to change, yeah, but. So we call them our yeah, but clients. And those are are people that go through life and they just want things to happen to them. They want life to be easy. Don't we all? Um, But oftentimes uh, people have these inner temper tantrums where they get upset. That, that all the things that they want to happen aren't happening to them. And I really feel that's because 99% of life occurs because we happen to it. You have to go out there and create and facilitate the change. When I do a reading, I will always, like let's say, for example, I, I did have a client come to me and I felt that there were some job changes Those job changes, I'll say, like, sometimes I'll get the information that this is destiny and this is happening. So, like, you know, I kind of do my Betty Davis impression, you know, buckle up, honey, it's going to be a bumpy ride. Like, this change is happening no matter what you do. But for the most part, when I see changes coming down the road, it's changes that the client can invite or disinvite into their life. I don't see it as destiny. That's Destiny is a very rare thing that comes up for me in readings. Like, this is definitely happening you know you can't um you can't turn away from it that's not the norm most of the times i'll see like a window of opportunity opening up where the client can invite this change in so i'll say to them if everything is honky dory at your job and you don't want any change to happen just ignore what i've said and you know keep doing what you're doing but if you do want some type of change to come to your job in the next six months, know that there's a window of opportunity between now and the end of the year where you can really create that. So start networking, talk to your boss about raises or promotions, raise your hand at meetings if someone's asking for you know, new teams to be formed. Just start saying yes and look for new opportunities and know that at that time, the universe is in alignment to help create that to happen for you. 
So do you see what I mean? I think with predictions that intuitives give you, it's two things. One, they're giving you the prediction that this might happen. But two, a good psychic will give you the timing. That's key. Like when is the universe going to say, yes, it's your turn for this to happen? And we can we can come close to that, but just, you know I can't tell you that it's going to happen on August twenty ninth at four or three p.m. No, but we can say in the next six or twelve months, or sometimes I'll get eighteen to twenty four months. And if you are listening to this and you're a psychic and you do readings and you're thinking, well, I don't get times for people, you can ask for that. I mean, I've been I've been trained to ask for that, and what I was always taught was if you need to get a time for a client, you simply ask to see a calendar in your mind's eye and you imagine flipping through the calendar and you ask their guides to stop the calendar at the time period that they need to know. So you can get times if you if you ask for that. Um, and I think it's important, like Deb was saying, to always say, you know, I'm not 100% right because no one is but that this is the feeling I'm getting, and I feel that within this time period you can manifest these changes. But to the specific question we received, I would just say the only thing that creates blocks in our life is fear of change. You know, sometimes I I get uh, questions from clients uh, who who call me for multiple readings, and and, and I say, you know, it's not changed. The answer is still the same. Uh, this is in your control, or you know, what, whatever the question may be, and and I think sometimes that, and I do this. I know we all probably do this. We we keep asking, hoping for something to be different, when we're not doing anything different, and and there's the key. And often I will say, well, remember the last time we talked, we talked about you doing such and such. Did you do that? Well, no. No. Okay. What's that quote? If you keep doing what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. If you always do what you have always done, you will always get what you have always gotten. I've even done Mm -hmm. a Facebook post that says that on our Facebook page. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, so there we go. Uh, So, uh, okay, anything else on that one? Nope, I think we're good. Okay, Uh, all right. So this uh, question says... I truly enjoy your podcast. Thank you for offering this wonderful resource. My question is that I am trained in Reiki and I am a counselor. Recently, I've noticed a tremendous pull to develop my psychic abilities specifically with regards to angels. I have felt and observed several signs that have led me to think I need to pursue developing my skills. Is this common? Do you have suggestions on how to do this? I can't tell you how many folks I know personally, who have been in the mental health field or some kind of of helping profession who are drawn to uh, doing healing work in other ways, like Reiki, for example, or doing psychic energy work or or whatever. I think that's really very common. Uh, I think it's almost as if it's a stepping stone that that your work as a counselor prepares you to move into then being um, a healer in another way. I think that's a natural evolution and progression for some folks. Um, one caveat that I would remind folks who, who are finding themselves in that crossroads in their lives, and I know many of our listeners 
are, is is the boundary setting is really really important with that. Um, some some professions, some helping professions, uh, it's unethical, for example, to touch a client unless you've got a very good and specific reason for doing so. And so, of course, then Reiki kind of gets sketchy with with that sort of thing. But um, but I think that that's that's a natural evolution for many of us. Um, and in terms of psychic abilities, working specifically with the angelic realm, uh, Samantha, can I turn that part of the question over to you? Oh, sure. I think that we can always ask the angels to help us um, enhance our psychic ability. Um, and if you have a, if you're wondering about that or, or having a hard time with that, you can always, um, you know, ask to be shown which are the helpers that are going to be working with you from the light. But I think that we can always ask on protection from Archangel Michael or healing from Archangel Raphael or guidance from Archangel Uriel or uh, communication, creative words from Archangel Gabriel. And I think we can call on our specific guardian angels for help with that as well. I know, Samantha, you have a collection of um, angel statues and figurines in your, um, near your altar. Um, do yes. you think that's something that would be helpful to somebody wanting to work with the angelic realm? Sure. I think I think that would be helpful. I think working with the angelic stones would be really a good idea as well. Uh, petalite, seraphonite, angelite, celestite, uh, selenite are all really good stones to help work with the angels. Um, but I think just asking for them to work with you is really all it is. They're always there with us. And we just need to ask. You know, again, I, I liken all of this to a classroom. And, you know, when I'm in a classroom, I try to reach every student in that class. But the ones who raise their hand are definitely going to get my attention. And so I think if you want to work with the angelic community, know that they're there for you, just the way a teacher is always in the classroom. But if you really want their attention, sometimes you just have to ask. I absolutely ask and and certainly i would I would tell you to follow your intuition and uh, know that that in fact if you're being called to to train and learn in uh, other areas, go for it absolutely that's Thank right, you. absolutely. okay, so our next question uh, says, "Hi, Deb and Samantha. I have a question about crystals. I teach elementary school, and despite shielding and cleansing my energy throughout the day, by 3 o'clock I feel drained, as if my energy has been put in a blender with that of my students. Often I can feel the neediness of my students and want to run away. Can you recommend any stones that might be useful for me to wear or keep in the classroom to help with this? Well, girlfriend, you have come to the right people. Right, Deb? So, Deb and I discussed this question before we started the show and came up with a great list for you of stones that we have ourselves uh, used and continue to use when we teach. So, yeah, here you go. Let's go, Samantha. Yeah, so we have a lot of stones to recommend, and we are not saying you need to remortgage your house and go out and buy all these crystals, okay? <laughs> We're just saying write these crystals down, Google them, look at the images of them, and see which ones speak to you. Um, the stone that is called the teacher's stone is chrysocolla. 
And that is a stone I recommend to all teachers. It can be on the pricier side, not as pricey as like watermelon tourmaline, but not as inexpensive as hematite. Like I have a very, let's see, my piece is like the size of, it's like an egg shape, and I think I paid $40 for it. So, you know, not crazy expensive, but not cheap either, but worth it. You want yeah, to make sure you get. I'm sorry, I was just going to say I have several pieces that are not as big as that, and they, they weren't terrible. They weren't. Yeah, they're not very pricey. And just make sure that you get it from a reputable store. Like if you want to go into a craft store and get Chrysocola beads to make into a bracelet, I'm not sure they would be Chrysocola beads. They might be dyed to look like Chrysocola beads. So just make sure. This is one stone that is copied a lot, kind of like turquoise. So make sure you get it from a good crystal store that you know is true. So that the teaching stone Chrysocola really helps you to always access your information, your knowledge, and your energy from a higher source and to communicate from that inner wisdom. I also would recommend that enter that that example you gave of feeling drained energetically at the end of the day. For that, I would recommend hematite like I talked about earlier in the show and also tiger's iron, tiger iron, and bloodstone. Those are really good grounding stones, those three that help keep your energy with you rather than leaking it out to others. Um, I'd recommend any blue stone like blue calcite or blue lace adget or sodalite because that is also a stone of communication, but it's also a calming. Those are also calming stones, and they'll, they'll infuse you with a sense of peace um, Botswana agate is all, called the antidepressant stone. So especially like to me as a teacher, my most difficult months were January and February because you were through the hubbub and excitement of the first of the year and the holidays and you had a whole lot left to go through. So in January, February, I would recommend Botswana agate. Um, I'd also look at sunstone and moonstone because sunstone is a stone of joy and moonstone is a stone of balance, and moonstone also helps with, like, new beginnings and getting in touch with um, who we really are. So those that's my list. What's your list, Deb? Um, I, think you, I think that we covered everything. We did talk about turquoise. Yeah, I wanted you to talk about your turquoise bear. Yeah, um, absolutely. I can't recommend turquoise highly enough to you. That was always my stone, not to... Um, not to act as protection to me from my students because I, um, I I didn't feel drained most days in, in the classroom. But but I did. Uh, I have a turquoise bear that, that Joel gave me. And um, I always wore that bear on Fridays. I wore it a lot during the rest of the week, but it always was around my neck on Fridays. And my students began to notice that. And one day one of my students said, yeah, what's up with the bear on Fridays? And I just said, faculty meetings. <laughs> And and they laughed because, you know, nobody likes to go to faculty meetings, right? Uh, but it really was to, to ground and protect my energy in sometimes a fairly volatile uh, situation with uh, meetings. So I used it that way. <clears throat> but uh, So you can wear these stones around your, your body. You can keep them in your pockets. You can make a little grid somewhere in your desk, for example. Um, but I certainly do recommend um, turquoise as my go-to stone for, for that. Okay, excellent. 
And I okay. would have to say that you probably weren't drained at the end of your day because you and I taught at the college level, and she's at the elementary school level. Oh, bless I taught. I know. I taught a semester, a volunteer as a teacher, um, one hour a day at my kids' elementary school and was exhausted. Like the, I know what she means by the neediness. I had girls fighting over who would hold my hand walking to the water fountain. I had like, oh, and the sweaty boys coming in after PE and they were, uh, it's, I, I, my hat goes off to every teacher everywhere, but especially elementary school teachers. Absolutely. Here's to you. Absolutely. Yeah, so, so thank you, and we hope those are, are good ideas for you. Samantha, we are at the halfway mark, um, so let's uh, talk people about Audible, and I, and I have a couple of announcements to make, and I don't know whether or not you do, and then we'll yes, get on to I the do. questions. Okay. Okay, fantastic. Um, if you go to Audible, um, audibletrial.com backslash psychic teachers, you can try Audible free for one month, and it sure does help Deb and I continue doing what we do on this show. So we really appreciate using the code psychic teachers to get your free trial. This week, I am recommending um, any book by Mary Stewart, and her last name is spelled with a W, um, so it's S-T-E-W-A-R-T, not the other spelling of Stewart. Um, Deb and I usually recommend Mary Stewart for her Arthurian legends, starting with the Crystal Cave. These are all on Audible, so you can find them there. Um, I'm also recommending a book that she wrote called Rose Cottage. The brief description of this book is, in the summer of 1947, Kate Herrick, widowed by the war, returns to Rose Cottage, her childhood home, a tiny thatched dwelling nestled in an idyllic country setting. Rose Cottage at first appears the picture of tranquility, but Kate soon discovers that someone has broken in. The papers that are the object of her have disappeared, and the village sees with gossip. How harmless are her elderly neighbors who are suspected of witchcraft? So I think you guys will like um, Mary Stewart. She's such a great writer, and her books are always filled with history and mystery and just really good writing. So that's audibletrial.com backslash psychic teachers. Lady Mary Stewart is one of my my favorite writers. She is, of course, passed on now. But I love her. And Rose Cottage is great, and I recommend all of them. Touch Not the Cat, Thunder on the Right, Madam Will You Talk. I mean, you go on and on and on. And of course, the Arthurian legends. So then, um, so you can get all of those if, uh, for free for one month if you try Audible uh, and use the code Psychic Teacher. So thank you for that. Samantha, why and when you announce? do Audible, um, when you do Audible, it is really cool because they run really neat sales. Like I had already used my credit for August. But then I got an email saying they were doing a two-for-one sale on all these mysteries. So I just got two really good books to listen to for the price of one. So even when you use up your credit, Audible does really fun, like, sales and stuff. Here you go. Okay. What are your uh, my here? announcements are I have a couple of new items on my website I'd love for you all to check out. For um, Back to School, I'm offering a new crystal bag for kids called School Rocks. Um, and they're just filled with stones that, that I really feel will help your kids uh, acclimate to the new school year. Um, I've given one to each of my girls, and they're going to keep them in their desks. The stones include fluorite, which is the student stone, citrine, which is a stone of success and confidence, sodalite, which um, helps encourage communication and writing and speaking effectively, 
Jasper for protection, protects against negative energy, especially like bullies, and green aventurine, which is the stone of luck. Um, so I feel like those are good stones. I did consult with Joel, Deb, when I was putting this together, and I said, okay. I asked him, I said, what are the stones you recommend? And he came up with every one that I had already put in my list. Isn't that cool? I felt like I, I felt like a teacher's pet. I was like, yes, that's what I did too. <laughs> um, so anyway, those are the stones that come in that bag, and it comes a little card that gives um, a description of each stone and kind of what you can do with them for your for your student. Um, I've also on, made. Wait, what? Quick question: Is that on your website or on your Etsy store? It's on both, so it's on okay. Etsy and it's on my website. Oh, um, I've also, a lot of people have asked me to make a monster spray for their kids, so I have done that. Um, little Chloe, my youngest, helps me with this. Um, it's called Scareaway Monster Spray, and it has a lot of the same smells that are in my Crystal Clear Spray for protection, like frankincense and myrrh and sage. Um, but we added a lot of lavender and vanilla because vanilla has that calming, soothing energy and some chamomile. So it's got a lot of calming energy to it as well as the protection. Um, and that's on my um, website and Etsy store as well. And finally, I've added some really cool bracelets I'd love you to check out. Um, I won't go into detail because I don't want to take up time, but I did <clears throat> I did find a really good, reputable source for sunstone. So I am doing my sunstone moonstone bracelets, and those are on uh, both of my Etsy and my website. And I think Deb, you and I had talked about that a couple of weeks ago. It's a wonderful bracelet to wear for balance. Uh-huh. Wonderful. Good. Yes, we had talked about that. That's great. Well, let me tell folks what I'm doing real quickly. Um, sure. Oh, this is on my website. Um, many of you have asked me to offer my Intro to Tarot course again, and it is up on my website, and it will be running uh, three consecutive Monday nights in September. So take a look at that. If you go to my website and across the top it says services, and if you hit the drop down for that, it says interactive courses, and then you can see um, there are four courses listed there. One is the Tarot, and then there are three one-session courses. Uh, on um, the 12th of September, I'm offering a course entitled Your Chakras, Aura, and Etheric Body, What They Can Do for You. On the 19th, I'm offering a course entitled Empathy, Energy, and Vibrations. Um, and then on the 26th, I'm offering a course on your spirit guides, your animal guides, and how to meet and connect with them. Uh, so you can do all three of those courses. If, if any one of them speaks to you, certainly I'd love to have you sign up. If you sign up for all three of them, you get a discount. Uh, and there's a, a sign-up place on my website for that as well. Um, and if you live nearby on Saturday, September 9th in the afternoon, I will be at Mystic Elements teaching a course in a, uh, an overview course of divination tools. Um, so take a look at all of that. You can see that on my website and on the events page. And I'll be doing a, a blog post in the next couple of days to um, remind people of those upcoming events in September. So there we go. What I'm doing. Are you there, Samantha? 
Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah. Could you hear me? Oh. Yeah, I can now. How oh, many dear. more days of Mercury retrograde? Well, golly, I don't know, but I tell you, I hope folks heard what I said because I rattled off a bunch of stuff. I heard what you said. Okay, good. All I think, right. Good. I think I think it was me on my phone. I think I hit a button. Okay. All right. Great. So I'm done with that. So let me get to a question here, uh, and I'm not I'm not going to actually read um, this question because it's fairly long and and detailed. But but it's a question that um, has been asked of us a couple of times, and I and I want to try to to answer it in uh, generically as I can. Um, this is from a woman who has uh, had a miscarriage and who has a fear that she's not getting uh, pregnant because there's a lot of negativity in her thought process. Uh, She has a history of uh, some childhood uh, abuse issues and feels like that that may play into this too. She's tried therapy. She's tried meditation, working with crystals, a lot of of different... um, techniques over the years to to make progress about uh, the things that have happened in her life. And she's wondering if if we can help her understand the reasons that she's not getting pregnant and what might um, be changed for her. So, Samantha, what would you say to this lady? Sure, I'll try to answer this as best I can. But just so you know, Deb, your voice is kind of warbly. Like, I don't know if you can get closer to the microphone or not, but it's kind of in and out a little bit. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, I'll try it now. Okay. Um, What I would say is that, first of all, I think this is such such a hard thing for anyone to go through when you are trying to bring a new life in and it's not happening. So I would say, you know, first of all, to be very patient and forgiving with yourself because I don't care how far along we are in our knowledge of the female body, women still tend to blame themselves subconsciously when they don't get pregnant, and I think that's a difficult emotion to carry. So I would recommend just extreme self-care at this time and just focusing on loving yourself and honoring your body. Um, I don't think that it's an accident that women who try for years to get pregnant and then end up surrendering that effort and adopting a child, a good majority of them end up getting pregnant naturally within a year of adopting a child. And I don't think that's an accident because something happens when we surrender our fear, when we surrender our desire, when we surrender our need for something to be a certain way. When we release that, a channel of energy opens that can allow conception to take place. Not always, but can allow it. And I think that's a great lesson for anyone trying to manifest anything. When we are trying to manifest a specific thing in a specific way, we will block it 100% of the time. Um, I've told the story of my sister's struggles to get pregnant. You know, she's, It took her nine years to have those lovely twins who just left for college this month. Nine years of dealing with this. And I remember holding her hand over the kitchen table and saying, one way or another, I will be a mother. And that was the mantra I said that I thought she should say over and over. One way or another, I will be a mother. 
because I felt that if she could open up to having a child, however God saw fit, whether it was through natural conception or IVF or adoption, um, that she could then invite that energy in. But I think when you insist on something happening the way you think it should happen, you you might block it. So I would I wouldn't overthink it. I wouldn't overthink uh my childhood or any issues I have or if I I would just surrender it and say if you know, if it's meant to be, let this happen, show it to me. One way or another, I will be a mother and just surrender that. Wonderful. Thank you. I, I so hope that that this is helpful to this lady. So thank you for that. Okay, Okay, I'll read our next question. Um, I have found your podcast several weeks ago, and I'm hooked. You are my first subscribed podcast. Wow, what an honor. Thank you. That's that's really cool. Okay. She says, I was listening to your Q&A the other day and had a question for you. I had a one-on-one session with a local psychic that I have seen several times in a group setting. Something that was said during my one-on-one reading was a bit unsettling and at the time didn't strike me to ask him what to do next with the information. So my question is, what do you do with information received during a reading that doesn't sit well? In this case, he told me I had a past life in which a significant other ended up committing suicide. It has played on my mind ever since. And since I know we are here on earth to learn lessons, this is one lesson I would like to move on from in a positive way. What could you ladies recommend for me to do? It's a really good question. I think if, an, if, if a message doesn't sit well with you, you need to first look at why that message doesn't sit well with you. Does it feel untruthful? Does it feel wrong? Or does it feel scary, like something you don't want to face right now? If it's the latter, then I would deal with it. If it's one of the first two where it just doesn't feel like that's actually true, I would let it go and chalk it up to the intuitive maybe being wrong. I think telling people about past life connections can be a really difficult thing to do um, just because of the whole aspect of of time and, and proof and evidence. So if it doesn't sit well with you because it doesn't feel like it's true, then I would let it go. If it doesn't sit well with you because it's ringing too true, then I would deal with that. And I would deal with that through meditation. And I would simply um, I would simply ask your guides for insight into ways you can handle that. One of the things I would personally do is a cord cutting to that past life. And I would probably do a cord cutting to the energy and painful emotion and memory from that suicide in a past life. Um, in addition to the cord cutting, if you know if you've learned anything about consciousness, meditation, or time, you'll know that there is no time. You know, um, I think Einstein taught us that time is one-dimensional, meaning it can only move up or down. But a lot of the new quantum studies are showing us that time is multidimensional. Uh, right now in, in China, it's a totally different year than we have here. Uh, we go by the Gregorian calendar, but there was um, a calendar Julius Caesar created. Like, my point is time is created. It's an invention that we created. So if you wanted to focus on sending healing energy to that past life, you could do so, and it would have a very strong and powerful effect on your present life and your present relationship with that person. 
So those are some things I would recommend is go into meditation and ask your guides for specifics. Check within and make sure it feels real and authentic to you. Send healing uh, to this relationship, to this person, and then cut the cord to that past life so that you don't have to deal with um, the sad energy from it in your current life. Deb, do you want to add to that? I do. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't ever tell somebody who they were in a past life or what, what relationships in a past life. I can help folks figure that out for themselves. <clears throat> but, but for me, I, that's just not something I can or do do um so you know I, I i have some questions about that but generally speaking and it's interesting samantha how the um and i don't know how this energy happens but it does that that there seems to be a running energetic theme uh, each time we do one of these q a shows and and communication with psychics seems to be um our theme for this week and, and that's going to be my next uh, question that I'll read here too as we go along, but but for this lady, um, I would say I, I would say that if something doesn't sit well with you, then try um, try to just let it go, but also know that it might sit well with you later. I know I've had readings where there's been information that is um, not feeling accurate to me. And then later I understand what the, what the psychic was really telling me. So there you go. That's a really good point. That's very, very true. So, That's am very I, true. I'll get – go ahead. I was just going to say, am I not clear? I, I, I'm not showing any reason that says that I'm not uh, speaking clearly or, or communicating well with this crazy phone. What are you getting from me? It, it just every every couple of minutes it sounds like you're underwater. It's like bubbly. I'm not but underwater it's now. I'm it's, going swimming yeah. later, but I'm not underwater. Now. She's not calling us from the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. So anyway, that would be what I'd like to add to that to that reading, please. To that question. Okay. Do you want to read the next uh, question? I do. This is a fascinating uh, one to me. Uh, this this comes to us from somebody who uh, is a real regular listener, and she says, thank you for your show and the joy, light, and wisdom you share. And, and it's a long email, but uh, I won't read it all, but I'll give you the gist of it. Um, the person who sent this to us has been to the Arthur Finley uh, College in England for a week's study in, in working uh, to learn more about being a psychic. And she says that she was standing in this museum area and a woman came up and stood next to her and was silent for a little while. And then the woman turned to her. So this was another student at the Arthur Finley School and says, uh, your mother has 12 months to live. <gasps> right. I did the same thing as I was reading this. And, and then the next line is, um, I was stunned to say the least. I found myself ending the conversation quickly and went back to bed. Due to the shock and jet lag, I didn't recall that conversation until a day later. I had to ask for the reading or information about how long my mother had to live. And although I was upset, I knew from giving and receiving readings myself that the future is filled with variables and is in flux. My mother may live until December or she may live another 30 years. We don't know. And and then she's she's in her uh, question with what you and I would say in response to this, really. 
she says it is so important that folks understand uh, how influential and powerful it is to give a prediction, whether it is for a friend or for a client, and how important it is to ask for permission. Some may not want to receive a prediction, no matter how meaningful the message seems to be at the time. In my experience, the prediction about my mother has caused me stress, sadness, and worry. Sending lots of love and rainbows to you both. Here, here. I, I just don't even know what else to say to, to what she's written except absolutely. I, I can't no, I have, imagine. I have so much to say. Well, go right ahead because that is just horribly unethical. I'm so sorry that uh, happened. Well, first of all, I hope I hope the writer of that email is doing readings because she she, she ordered that she so she's, beautifully. She's a, she's yeah, a fellow type. You know that she's doing ethical good good work, you know, I which is know great. I've, I've met this person, and I know she is, yes. But that person who passed on that unasked for, unethical, and incorrect prediction, because frankly, people, nobody can predict that except our higher power. And that's just wrong on every level. But I, this is the thing that happens. I go to workshops and conferences a lot because I think it's important to continue to educate yourself. But I've tapered down on those in the last few years because I have found that the energy is just not always good. You've got a lot of people competing with each other, trying to prove that they're the best psychic, that they're better than you, that they know what's going on. And really, what does that matter at all, right? Right. And so I think it's important – let me turn this thing off – going on sorry about that so i think it's important um when you are at these intuitive conferences classes and whatnot to kind of stay to yourself as much as possible and don't listen to that nonsense to me to me that person was there as an energy stealer not an energy giver i i'll i will bet you she dropped bombs like that throughout the whole week I bet she did. I bet it it was I'm a cooler psychic than you thing going on, and I don't know, but it was terrible. Um, So yeah. So and 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 also just to reiterate what our writer said, you know, nobody can predict um, the future with a hundred percent accuracy, and nobody, nobody, nobody can predict death. Nobody. And so you know, you have to be so careful who you go to for readings, but. Also, if any of you out there are new to this and you're really thinking, oh, my gosh, I have something. Like, I have something. I, ha- I think I'm psychic. And, you know, you, you are with someone and you get an energy of death around them. Please don't ever pass that on, ever. Even if someone asks you, don't pass that on. If someone comes to you and says, I've been diagnosed with stage four cancer, what do you think? Still don't tell them what you think. Because I believe so much in the power of the placebo. I mean, we've, if you read anything by, um, Bernie, by Dr. Bernie Siegel, he, in all of his books, he quotes study after study after study. There was this one man that was given a diagnosis of stage four lung cancer and was told he had six months to live. He had never smoked. He had been a health nut. This came out of nowhere. He died five months later. The widow was so upset she demanded an autopsy. They found not one trace of cancer in his lungs. She ended up suing the 
people who did the uh, scan of his lungs, they switched it up, Deb. They got it wrong. Wow. Now, it took years for them to track this all, right? The man who did have the stage 4 lung cancer, this like three, four years later, alive, healthy, living. You know why? Because nobody told him you were dying. Right. So I think it's really important to pay attention to the placebo effect that happens. Words are powerful. How did God create this world? With words. So whether you are receiving information from a psychic or you are the psychic giving information, it is so important to be mindful of the power that our words have. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. Okay. Uh, I think we have time for one quick one, Samantha. Okay, I have a really fun story. Okay. Hi, Deb and Samantha. The most magical thing just happened, and I had to tell you ladies about it. My neighbor is not a safe place. My neighborhood is not a safe place for outdoor kitties, and so I have to keep mine indoors. One of them, a pretty blue-eyed girl named Kenya, got outside and took off for the woods. I tried to follow, but you know how nimble cats can be. I stood on my back porch and called up my guides. I told them my problem and asked that they bring my Kenya home safe and sound. The instant the prayer left my mouth, a small white feather floated down and into my outstretched hand. A few minutes later, Kenya returned safe and sound. I hope my story adds a little cheer to your day, and I thank you both for all you do. Much love, Angela. Isn't that beautiful? I love that, and I love that that was instant, because that's not always the case. She got instant no. confirmation that she was heard and instant results for her request. The universe does not always work that way for me, but I'm happy for her. That's a lovely story. It's such a good story, and I think it worked so quickly for her because she just instantly went into that place of surrender. She just, you know, she didn't chase off into the woods and get bitten by, bitten by a spider or something crazy. She just stood there and called up her guides and said, you guys can help with this better than I, and boom, it happened. It's a great story of manifesting and surrender. It really is. That is that is absolutely lovely, and, and I, I love that. I really do. Um Okay, so um, okay, here's a real quick one, real quick one. Um, oh, yeah, I want to read this one real quick. Uh, a new mole showed up on my left palm on the mound of the moon, literally overnight. Uh, I felt like it was a sign, but what? I did some research on what it might mean, but couldn't find a source. I was wondering if you guys had any thoughts or suggestions. I'm grateful for the work that you do, and I hope we might meet someday. Thank you so much. I would really recommend you go see a dermatologist. Sometimes things are cosmic and metaphysical, and sometimes they're not. And and I do believe it is important to rule out the physical first. Always. Always. So um, I don't I don't know. I'm not a palm reader. I don't know. I, there's a name for being study of moles in in the psychic world, and I don't remember what that's called. Um, it, it came into being just about at the time of Mesmer, back in the turn of the uh, 1900s. But but really, I would recommend you to see a dermatologist first, uh, and certainly rule out that, and then you can look for uh, metaphysical meanings for the mole. All right, perfect. 
Well, okay. we thank you all so much for listening to our August Q&A show. We hope that you are having a great week. We encourage you to send us questions that you think the whole audience could benefit from us discussing. You can send it to our psychic teachers at Gmail uh, email, or you can just send us a message on Facebook. Please consider liking us and joining us on Facebook. It's Psychic Teachers, all one word. Um, that's where Deb and I announce any new products or shows that we have, and Deb is doing a phenomenal job of posting inspirational and informative quotes and sayings and uh, suggestions that I think everyone can benefit from, and it's a nice pick-me-up in your day. If you get a chance, please leave us a review on iTunes. Um, Deb and I read all of those, and they give us a lot of good ideas for the show as well. You tell us what you like, and we read those, and we take it into consideration, and so we appreciate that feedback. Um, please tell a friend about us if you find this show helpful. And um, Deb and I are going to be posting uh, an interview that we did on another podcast, Positive Head, for the um, next two Sundays that's telling more about our story and our side of um, our intuitive growth and development. So we hope you enjoy listening to that. Deb and I both did readings um, for Brandon on the show, so you can listen to a little bit about how we work and how we do readings. And then when we come back to you with um, live shows, well, you know, current shows in two weeks, we're going to be discussing lots of fun stuff like Unsolved Mysteries. And then before you know it, will be in October, and I will talk Deb into at least one spooky show, won't I, Deb? Yes, Samantha, and let me just make sure you understand that this current shows that we're recording, we're, we're not we're we're not doing live shows at the moment. So current. no, but just yeah, the next two after this, the next two weeks will be re- pre-recorded interviews that we did on someone else's podcast that we thought you'd enjoy hearing our story from, and then we'll be back with current shows, is what I meant. And we really appreciate your comments on our throwback Thursday shows. We're glad you're liking those, so you're getting two psychic teacher shows every week at the moment. So we, we we appreciate you liking those. Please go check out both our Facebook, I'm sorry, our website and Samantha's Etsy store and take a look at all the new products that she has and all the upcoming courses that I have on my website. So we really are honored and appreciate you being with us. And Samantha, tell us what to do. Thanks, everybody. I hope you have a great week and be the light. Take care, folks. Bye-bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.